What's up, college football fans? Welcome back to another episode, a special Thanksgiving Day episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We're sitting here live, got both of us in person in the Saturday Six studio. My brother Tyler, you ready to eat some food, man? Watch some football later tonight, tomorrow, Saturday. I mean, we got three straight days of college football. Should be good. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope that you uh, have a good one with lots of family and fellowship and uh, you stuff your bellies before we get a couple NFL games before uh, the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss at Mississippi State is going on later tonight. We won't be covering that just because of uh, the quick turnaround uh, from when we record this to when it uh, goes down. But another good game to watch. Always a special one on Thanksgiving to see. Yeah, rivalry game and kind of sets the tone for rivalry week in college football. This is always one of my favorite weeks of college football. You get these teams that are at the end of their season, but before they can start thinking about postseason, playoffs, bowl games, anything like that, you got to get past that hated rival. One of the biggest games, obviously the game, Ohio State versus Michigan. We're going to touch on that, give you six picks against the spread here. And uh, should be a good one. Before we get into those, want to remind you as always to share the podcast with a friend. Make sure you give us a rating on your podcast platform. We always appreciate you doing that for us. So, without further ado, you ready to make some picks? Let's go. Let's do it. All right, let's get to the biggest game of the week. And it's the biggest game of the week because we got two teams that are. I mean, they hate each other. If if there's not a brawl before the game, something's wrong. If a player isn't getting criminal charges before the game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just one of those that, I mean, it dates back 100 years nearly. Number two, Ohio State is going to go on the road to the big house, face off against the Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines. And it is those Wolverines that are sitting as three and a half point favorites right now. This game has been a blowout the last two years. Michigan has won this after going on a long drought against the Buckeyes. And, um, you know, with or without Jim Harbaugh, this is going to be a tough test for the Wolverines. More than likely, the team that wins this is in the college football playoff, unless unless they somehow lose to Iowa. I don't see that being an issue for either one of these teams, but um, should be a good game, man. Buckeyes, Wolverines, noon on Saturday. Make sure you're tuning into that one. Should be an incredible game, one of the biggest games of the college football season. I can't wait to watch it. Going to apologize to my boy Keyshawn in advance, but uh, I don't know how hot of a take this is, but this is both these teams' only real test of the season, in my opinion. I mean th- – I mean, Penn State has proved not to really be much of a a large test for either one of these teams. And then their next best win, I mean, they just don't look so good anymore. Um, But this is an interesting one because obviously we see the deficiency in Ohio State's offense being at that quarterback position. Um, It's just not the quarterbacks that they've had in the past. It's not C.J. Stroud. It's not Justin Fields. Um, But... One thing we haven't seen from Ohio State in a long time is what their defense has been able to do this year. And this is a Michigan offense that uh, they like to lull teams to sleep. They like to pound the ball, run it, run it, run it. And, you know, once you've kind of got lulled to sleep, then they hit those big shots over the top to their receivers. 
Um, but this is a very experienced Michigan team. I think that their defense is also very good. Um, they got a lot, lot of experience there, a lot of seniors coming back this year. And, you know, it being in the big house helps a lot. Um, I've been kind of iffy on Ohio State. I think it takes a really good defense to kind of expose what Kyle McCord's able to do at quarterback. Um, obviously, you have the weapons around him, but if that if that defense is able to kind of take those weapons a little bit out of the game, I think uh, Michigan has a really good shot at this. And like I said, I'm going to apologize to Keyshawn in advance and all you Buckeye fans out there, but I'm taking Michigan to cover this three-and-a-half-point spread. I think they got what it has to go three years in a row, wow. uh, which is almost unprecedented for Michigan as of recent. Um, but it being in the big house, I think that's just too big of a game for Ohio State to play in. Yeah, for me, this one comes down to the quarterbacks. I mean, you touched on it already. We've seen Michigan run the ball really effectively. And, you know, early in the season when they weren't playing anybody, J.J. McCarthy's looked really good. I mean, he's been super efficient with the ball. The last two games, though, like against Penn State, now I don't think they needed to necessarily throw the ball in the second half, but when they were throwing the ball in the first half, it wasn't super effective. Like they weren't hitting those big shots that you come to expect. So I, I've got questions. And then, you know, last week against Maryland, they didn't re really look great through the air either. So, you know, they're going to have to lean on this defense, a defense that is first in the country in yards per game allowed. They Stifling. do not give up a ton of points. I mean, this Big Ten offenses that they're going against, sure. But on the same same note, I mean, they force you to turn the ball over. They're third in the country right now in turnover differential at plus 12. So they're not giving the ball away and they're taking the ball away. If they're able to force Kyle McCord in this Ohio State offense into some turnovers, then this one could snowball. I could certainly see that where they're able to lean on that run game in the second half. But if they're not, and this is the low-scoring game that I expect it to be through the first two, three quarters, and you got to put the ball in J.J. McCarthy's hands at the end, I don't know. It makes me a little bit nervous. At the same time, I feel like this Ohio State offense is starting to kind of round into form a little bit. You know, we talked about their defense, much improved offense, got off to a slow start this season. But over the past three or four games, this Ohio State offense with Marvin Harrison Jr. and company, I mean, they're, they're kind of figuring it out, it seems like. And is it a big deal that Jim Harbaugh's there? In the grand scheme of things, I don't think it is. When you're going up against the Penn State, when you're going up against the Maryland, I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, he's able to coach the team throughout the week in practice. He's just not there on Saturday. But in the game against your hated rival, I feel like it's going to make a little bit of a difference, right? At least a couple points, maybe a field goal here or there. So I'm right there on the fence with this one, but something's telling me to take Ohio State here. And if I'm a Michigan fan, you know, you're you're 11 and 0, but if you lose this game and you're not playing in the Big 10 championship game, there are there are three other four other teams that are sitting there undefeated right now. You might miss out on the playoff if you're Michigan. Like I think Ohio State could actually afford a loss here more so than Michigan just because they do have a little bit better of a resume than the Wolverines do. So 
I don't know. This one's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be really close for four quarters, but I'm going to take the Buckeyes here to cover three and a half. I actually like them to win this game straight up, upset the Wolverines without Jim Harbaugh. And I think this is a huge game for Ryan Day, right? Because, I mean, this guy has lost four games against teams not named Michigan. I mean, he he just doesn't lose, but somehow he's on the hot seat, it seems like, the last two years. So I think he's got a lot to play for. I think the Buckeyes are, even though they're the number two team in the country, I think they're feeling a little disrespected. I, I feel like, you know, they've got a lot to play for here. I'm going to take Ohio State to win this game straight up, and maybe uh, we see a little bit of chaos happening here as uh, Michigan might end up missing out on the playoff if they don't win this game because they just – they just simply don't have the resume to back it up if they're not the Big Ten champs. So um, Ohio State for my guy Keyshawn. I'm going to take the Bucks here plus the three and a half straight up. I like a big win for the Buckeyes. We'll be on opposite sides for the first time this week. All right, let's move to the south here. We're going to go to the state of Florida for another big perennial rivalry. You got the number five ranked Florida State Seminoles. They got to go to the swamp, though. We know that's a tough place to play. Just ask your boy Shrek, all right? Those Gators, <laughs> Shrek. tough to play, man. The big one here, right? Florida State, a win over North Alabama last week, but a loss and a big loss. Quarterback Jordan Travis, um, really gruesome injury. Hate to see that. Hate it for the kid. Hate it for the program. Um, but they're without their they're one of their best players on offense going into this game. So Tate Rodemaker will be the quarterback for the Seminoles going forward. And Florida as well going to be without Graham Mertz. They're going to be on their backup quarterback. So um, this game has lost a little bit of the excitement that it had a couple weeks ago. And because Jordan Travis is not playing in this game, we're actually looking at Florida as a six and a half point favorite right now at home. Um, what what do we think about that? I know I know they don't have their star guy, but there's still still more talent on this Seminoles team than there is on this Gators team. Is the swamp really worth that many points? Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, you touched on it. I hate to see it. I don't I don't care who you play for. As a fan of college football, you don't like to see these big time players or any player get hurt. I mean, if you're cheering for the offset teams players to get hurt, then you know don't watch football because it's just not what it's about um so you hate to see it especially with the kind of year that florida state's been having right now but yeah the swamp is an incredibly tough place to play we're georgia fans and i'll say it i'm glad we don't play at florida every other year because it would it's a hard place to play i like that it's in jacksonville um and graham mertz being out does hurt florida a lot too i mean Neither one of these teams were preparing their second-string quarterback throughout the year to be able to start in a game, so that's going to make a huge difference. Does this swing Florida in a a six-and-a-half-point favor difference? I don't know because you do talk about the talent differential, but Florida's been playing some teams pretty well lately. I mean, they didn't play Georgia very good, but they played Missouri pretty good. Mm -hmm. They played Kentucky very good, I believe. I mean, they've got some talent on that Florida team. It's it's not to the level that, that, that they want it to be at. They've still got a lot of growth to go, but I think that they play very well. 
this the spread's interesting to me because typically you'll give a, a home team about a three four yeah. point edge Field right goal. if they're playing at home, and then typically you know you'll if they're evenly matched right. And the thing is like single players don't necessarily affect the spread that much, right? If you're missing one of your top guys, it usually doesn't affect the spread that much. Vegas doesn't doesn't really think that it's that big of a difference. Quarterbacks is usually the only position on the field where you'll see that swing the point spread a little bit, but still it's usually about three or four points mm-hmm. for a quarterback to be out of a game here. So if you add the three points for the home field and the three points for Jordan Travis, that still is telling you that Vegas sees these teams as about even. Right. And so for me, that 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 gives me a little bit of pause here. I'm I'm curious, um, you know, I think Florida State's going to play inspired. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to rally around the fact that their leader, their quarterback is not playing in this game. I'm going to take Florida State to cover that six and a half. As a Georgia Bulldog fan, man, it pains me to take the Gators. I'm going to take Florida State to cover six and a half. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Florida to win the game straight up, maybe by a field goal, maybe by two points. I think Florida State plays inspired here, but I'm going to take the Gators because I think Vegas is telling us something by giving us this six and a half. I think it might be a little bit larger. Um, Excuse me. I think it might be a little bit smaller of a spread if they didn't think these teams were about equal um, on Saturday. So, I'm going to take Florida State plus the six and a half, and I'll roll with the Gators to get a big upset here at home. And uh, one that one that Billy Napier really needs because the Gators, even with this win, they ain't even making a bowl game this year. Yeah, I'm on the exact same page as you right now. I think that Florida State plays a really good game. Um, and it's just there's so much unknown about, you know, both these backup quarterbacks coming in. Um, but I mean, the time for chaos is here. We thought chaos was going to ensue last week, um, and it still could. Rivalry week is a huge one. I mean, you see it all across the country. Um, It's just something different about rivalry games where, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a season each team is having. If one team's having a really great season, one team's having a really poor season like we see here, it evens up a little bit when, you know, these teams are playing their in-state rivals or just their big rivals in general. I like Florida State to cover six and a half. I think that's a tall spread for this Florida team that hasn't been very, very good about covering the spread as of lately. Um, but Or winning games at all. Yeah, but I like Florida straight up. I, I think that this is a winnable game. You put Jordan Travis in the mix and, you know, I'm probably taking Florida State, you know, to cover this no matter what the spread is. Uh but I think this is a winnable game for the Gators, and I think the Swamp is going to be rocking. Yeah, so we're going to be on the same page for that one. Let's move to the SEC here. Let's go to the state of Alabama. And you already know what we're talking about, right? The Iron Bowl. The number eight-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide going on the road. Got to sneak into Jordan-Hare Stadium, face off against those Auburn Tigers. Now, Auburn hasn't had a great season under first-year head coach Hugh Freeze, but like we said, you know, you kind of throw those records out the window when it comes to these big games. We've seen Auburn do this before. Alabama, big favorite, going on the road. Auburn not having a great season, but somehow this is always a close game. Very rarely do we see this game end up in a blowout. So to take the tie by 15 
makes me a little bit nervous if I'm an, if I'm an Alabama Crimson Tide fan or an Alabama Crimson Tide better. What do we think here? Crimson Tide going on the road to face off against the Tigers. Could we see some more chaos? Or does Alabama kind of flex here and build up for that SEC championship game in a week against the Georgia Bulldogs? I think this is a different kind of year. I mean, last week we saw Auburn get absolutely demolished by New Mexico State. I mean, Who? it was New Mexico State, guys. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was thirty-one a, to ten. It was an ugly one. I mean, for an Auburn fan, that's the brown paper bag on top of your head <laughs> type of game there. Um, and then this Alabama team, I mean, dude, if you want to talk about a team that feels disrespected, a one-loss Alabama at number eight is definitely there. They've clinched their SEC championship game, but they still can't afford to lose. I mean, they got to win out to have hopes of the college football playoff committee putting them in that top four. And we've seen, I mean, I've thought all year that Alabama's defense has been pretty good. Um, and then their offense is where we have the question marks going into it. And week by week, game by game, they've just gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. Jalen Milrow is rounding into that quarterback that all Alabama was thinking that they would have all year long. Yeah. Um, he's extremely good on that deep ball. He's got great legs. Um, and then they've got some talent around him. I mean, Jermaine Burton's been playing a really good game uh, as of recently as well. I think that this Alabama team, this is their time to whoop up on an Auburn team uh, that will be a good test for them, but they can get to whoop up on them, get that confidence going into Atlanta to face a number one Georgia team. I got, I'm rolling with the tide here. I think that they cover the spread. I think it's big. Um, And I think that this is, you know, exactly what they need in order to, you know, carry that momentum forward. Yeah, I think we're going to be on the same page as each other for this one. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is this home environment for the Tigers, right? Like, it it doesn't matter if this team hasn't won a single game all year. When Alabama shows up, that thing is going to be rocking on Saturday. So, I don't know. I'm I'm curious about, like, Auburn played Georgia really close for four quarters. Now, that was early in the season. Alabama has improved a lot since early in the season. Georgia has improved a lot during the season. So Auburn's um, regressed. Auburn <laughs> Auburn has regressed a little bit, maybe. But, uh, I, like, I'm not putting it past Hugh Freeze to dial it up a little bit here. So, you know, I think, I think Vegas is very smart by putting this hook on there, right? Like if it was 14, you might get a 14-point win by Alabama and you get out of there with a push, you get your money back, right? But to, to take them by 14 and a half makes it a little bit more difficult. But I, I like the points that you made. I think Bama is rounding into form. I think they got a lot to play for. If you lose this game, it doesn't matter if you beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. You ain't getting into the college football playoff with two losses, especially a loss against Auburn, who is not even ranked right now. So I'm going to take Bama minus 14 and a half as well. Confidence meter on this one is pretty low. I think Auburn could potentially cover this, although I think Bama should definitely win this game. But uh, yeah, we're going to be on the same side. We both like Crimson Tide in that game. should be a great game on Saturday. I'll definitely be tuning into that one. Final pick of the Saturday Six, going to go to the state of North Carolina, in-state rivals. The Tar Heels are going to face off against their rival, the number 22-ranked NC State Wolfpack. 
both of these teams, you know, sitting at about what eight and three on the season. So uh, it should be a great game. You got Drake May, who was definitely going to be a top pick in the NFL draft this upcoming season. But this NC State team has been playing some really good ball as of late. They're continuing to win games over the last few weeks. So um, really, really interested in this matchup. The Tar Heels are actually two and a half point favorites on the road. So if you want the Tar Heels in this one, you got to take them to win by a field goal or more. What say you, man? Tar Heels, Wolfpack, Saturday should be a great game. Back to the Wolfpack. I haven't talked about him in a while. Tyler's back on his Wolfpack stuff. Um, It's interesting. I mean, I think for me, it's the difference of both sides of the ball. I think UNC's defense is kind of reeling. They're not super great right now. Um, Whereas NC State's defense has been playing uh, pretty well as of recent. I mean, they've held two teams to six points in their last three games. Um, but the thing for me is, I mean, when you want to compare offenses here and you want to compare quarterbacks, I mean, Brennan Armstrong is not that dude. I mean, he's barely got over a thousand yards. He's got eight touchdowns to six picks on the season. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's not the elite play that you expect. They don't really have, you know, the greatest running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Armstrong. Armstrong is the right. running back. I mean, that's his, that's what he does best, right? He, yeah. he, the play breaks down or they draw up a designed quarterback run and he takes off. Right. He's the leading rusher for this team right now in the season. Right. And it's not even really close. Like Michael Allen is, is second Kendrick Raphael. They both got about 250 yards, but um, Armstrong, it's really the offense is on him. And uh, I mean, this North Carolina defense, man, it's it's not been great, you know. So if if uh, if you're looking for a matchup here for Mister Armstrong, this North Carolina defense might provide just that. But um, the problem is on the other side of the ball, you got Drake May, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He's gone for over three thousand yards. He's gone for over 22 touchdowns now. Over 20 touchdowns, guys. Mm-hmm. On seven interceptions, he had a little bit of problem turning the ball over early in the season, but he's corrected that since then, and he's been playing much better. They've got a running back in Hampton who's eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark yeah. already. I mean, Marion. Their, their offense has been doing everything right as of recent. They've been scoring points. It's up to this North Carolina defense to be able to keep Armstrong in the pocket and force him into some things that he doesn't necessarily want to do with the ball. But I think that that's an easy thing for them to do. And I think, again, another in-state, here's the thing with in-state is you're not traveling super far. I mean, I, th- I think that it's it's easy for them to, you know, I think it's easy for them to travel. I think um, I think UNC is just the all-out better team here. I don't care about that ranking. UNC's got some tough losses on the schedule. I'll give them that. That's a tough loss to Georgia Tech. That's a tough loss to Virginia. But I think this is where they kind of right the ship. I think Coach Brown over in Chapel Hill can get it done. I'm going to go with the Tar Heels to cover and – I think I would take them more than two and a half. I think I'd take them more than a field goal here. Yeah, I'm I'm right there on the fence for this game. This one's gonna be this one's gonna be good. You know, you're talking about two teams that are about even 
you know, UNC is probably right there on the outside of the top 25 looking in. And this NC State team, they play good defense. But, um, you know, I I think the matchup is there. We talked about Brennan Armstrong not being one of the best uh, quarterbacks as far as throwing the ball goes. He's just um, not very efficient. They uh, It seems like not even if, close. If if Concepcion is not there, he's kind of taken off right away, like his first read and then he's gone type of thing. NC State being at home, like that's kind of a, a tricky place to play. Um, one of the better ACC stadiums in the country. That crowd gets rocking, and I expect them to do that against North Carolina, their bitter rival. UNC, like they always seem to lose these games that you expect them to win, right? Like there's there's times against the Georgia Techs of the world where they just drop the ball and there's so much hype surrounding this team going into the year and then they just kind of fall flat in games that you expect them to get up for. So I'm right there on the fence. I initially thought North Carolina minus two and a half, I'll take them. Last second, I just changed it. I'm going to take the Wolfpack. I like them to cover two and a half. Wow. And I'm going to take them to win the game. Wow. I'm going to take the Wolfpack to win this game. I think it is a ugly game. I think it is probably in the 20s. Uh, I think they're able to limit Drake May a little bit. And if they can stop that run game with Hampton, it makes me nervous because, like, North Carolina, they do have enough on offense to score points and to pull away, honestly, from North Carolina State. If NC State turns the ball over, if Armstrong is what we have seen from him so far this year, then I could see this getting ugly. But uh, just to make the graphic look a little bit sexier, right? Like we've only been on opposite sides for one game so far. I'm going to flip-flop. I'm going to take the Wolfpack here plus the two and a half. I'll actually take them straight up to win that game. We'll be on opposite sides for at least two of them this week. That's it, man. That's six picks against the spread. The last Saturday six podcast of the regular season. We've got 13 weeks in the book so far and uh, setting up for some uh, really good action this weekend. Looking forward to some conference title games this coming week. Any final thoughts for the folks? Uh, obviously, as you're uh, eating those leftovers, enjoying um, your long weekend, hopefully you're uh, able to take in some of this college football action. But um that's, that's about it for the regular season in the Saturday Six pod. What a ride the regular season has been. Uh, we've done pretty good so far, so I'm happy with what we've been able to pick. Uh, happy Turkey Day to everybody. Uh, hope that that's filled with a lot of joy and uh, for you. And what's your what's your what's your one thing you gotta have? What's what's the most underrated Thanksgiving food that everybody's sleeping on, but you go back for seconds? I don't think anybody's sleeping on it, but I got two, man. It's a 1A, 1B, and it's mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. I mean, cheese and potatoes, guys. Mac and cheese is probably the one for me. Um, What's overrated? What's the one that everybody hypes up every year and you're like, I ain't even touching it. You don't even get a spot on the plate. Dude, honestly, it's probably the turkey. (laughs) I mean, it's probably the turkey. Dude, hey, for I'm me, to, Thanksgiving is about the sides, guys. I'm about to change your life today because I used to be the same, right? Like turkey, it's always a little dry. It doesn't have a ton of flavor. But then I got married. <laughs> and my father-in-law, man, he does a damn good bird. So I'm going to change your life today with some turkey. But uh, It's all about the sides for me here. I hear you, man. Load up on those sides. Have a happy Turkey Day, guy. From your guys, AJ and Tyler, at the Saturday 6 Podcast, we will see you guys back again next week. 
to talk about some conference title games. Can't wait until then. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll see you soon. Go